Like, um, I looked up the definition for waiting, and it says waiting is a noun. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. The action of staying where one is or delaying action until a particular time or until something else happens. We're here. This is episode four. Mm-hmm. Can you believe? No, I can't. So today we don't have Mina mm-hmm. because she's a hardworking woman. But Tyler and I, we just thought it would be a good time for us to take a moment to talk about the power that is of waiting <laughs> slash patience slash you think that just because it's the beginning of the year that you're just going to hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be like, bam, 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 bam. And although a lot of things have happened, like launching this podcast, there's so much of life that's about waiting. Mm -hmm. And in the acting world, we talk a lot about hurry up and wait. You want to dissect what hurry up and wait entails in the acting world? Yes. So hurry up and wait, excuse me, from my understanding, it's kind of like it mostly applies to set because when you're working on set, 99.9% of the time, you're sitting and waiting whether that's in your trailer or in the green room like we have nine hour days and six of those nine are spent just sitting and waiting to be called yeah and i think it actually applies to people who aren't actors as well oh yeah because there's a lot of waiting Mm -hmm. on the scene getting ready Mm -hmm. etc and so much of our life too especially when like the new year's happening we're thinking all right we have to hurry up and get all this stuff ready, mm. and then wait. Mm-hmm. It hurts. <laughs> Not gonna lie, it hurts. Yeah, for me, I shared on my Instagram at Jennifer J Chung of a reflection on how my acting career has gone since 2016. Mm-hmm. So when Tyler started working with me, um, one of the big tasks I gave him was helping me go through all the auditions that I had. Yes, and all the things I booked, didn't book, etc. Mm-hmm. And we made this list. And as an actor, we're encouraged to do this for data, seeing what we're being called in for, seeing uh, what we've been booking, and then even going and looking who ended up booking it. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have some peace about it. Yeah. Um, especially when someone's like a totally different type from me, then I don't take it as badly. Because mm-hmm. uh, essentially they were looking for what they needed. Mm-hmm. But I shared this... Um, post where I dissected how many auditions I got and the exponential growth that I felt. Mm -hmm. So 2021 for me was a great year as an actor. Now, keep in mind, I graduated um, 2010. I graduated a year early as a theater major and I did musical theater. I did theater. But after I graduated college, I didn't really pursue acting. I think I might have sent an email or two for representation when I was in L.A., Mm. but I was struggling so much. Like I was trying to figure out, like, how can I make a living being in L.A.? I worked all these different jobs. So a lot of it was waiting for the right time. But a part of me even had to walk away from it. Yeah. But I think about from it was six years, six years since I had graduated for me to be signed by an agent. Mm -hmm. And there was a point definitely when I was thinking, this is not going to happen for me. Mm. It's a past life. Mm -hmm. But the door opened. 
So I hurried up and waited for the longest time and yeah. I finally got signed. Yeah. And even after I got signed, I waited a long time for me to book my first TV episode. Yeah. Another three years. Mm -hmm. So I waited technically nine years since graduating to get a TV booking. Mm -hmm. But if I'm really thinking about my whole life, I waited my whole life up to that point to do something where I was on TV playing a character. Yeah. And because I had a really kick-ass year in 2021, I was thinking, okay, 2022, I'm, I'm very optimistic. And at the same time, I'm a realist. So there's a part of me that's like, was this all a fever dream where so many good things happened for me? Yeah. Um, but December is usually known for the industry to be a lot more quiet, mm -hmm. a lot of breaks. And I think January is a month where people are getting back into the groove. But for me personally, it I haven't really seen much opportunity for auditions. Mm -hmm. um, we're like mid-January right now. Yeah. Um, oh, that's crazy. Isn't January. it? Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like it's been like a solid month since I had a TV film audition. Mm -hmm. um, and even the auditions that I got in November and December, they were technically shooting for an opportunity to be on set probably around January yeah. or February or something like that. Mm -hmm. So I know I it's about waiting anyway. But it's also thinking about what am I doing as I'm waiting? Mm -hmm. How has waiting been for you? <laughs> well, you know the situation. It's been. <laughs> um, are we talking like from the get-go or just like currently? Whatever you want to share. Okay. Well, I guess. So with me, the the difference between mine and yours careers is just the, the timing that they started, you know, like you waited longer because before then Asian representation wasn't a thing in all honesty. And I remember telling you in the sheet, you're going to see a difference between before crazy rich Asians came out and was it 2018 or 2019? I think 2018. And then after, you know, because that movie kind of did a lot. So me, I graduated in 2020. So that movie had already come out. People were starting to play more with the idea of having Asian people on screen. Um, so thankfully with me, like I ended up getting signed the September after I graduated and booked my first like theatrical gig seven or eight months after that. So I thankfully I didn't have to wait as long as you did for, for things to kind of start happening with my career. So I have to applaud you. You know, mm, thank you. Because my dad always says, if this industry was easy, everybody would do it. Sure. And I've noticed a lot of people I know, even personally, kind of end up not making it in this industry because they don't wait for things to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, or they think waiting, they don't realize it's the waiting part mm -hmm. and they're thinking it's not working out for yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, when you think waiting, you think just sitting and hoping for, you know, and, and waiting for sitting and not doing anything until something happens. But I feel like as actors, the waiting for us is having to find things to fill that time as well. Mm -hmm. um, so in between, you know, you people are taking classes, people are writing their own stuff, people are investing in outside parts of their career to kind of pass the time until those calls come. But recently oh my gosh the waiting has been <laughs> excruciating it's been excruciating um because why you know, do you think it makes it more painful right now because i'm so close 
for anyone who doesn't know, I, I signed an NDA, but I can kind of give a little like general raw, general thing. So I have been in the running for a recurring role on a an, op- an episodic series since it's it's been almost a month now. Mm-hmm. Um, the way things work normally is you get the audition, you get the callback. Sometimes you'll get a pin or an avail check and then you can book. <laughs> so I did the audition early December, maybe even late November, did the callback in December, got pinned in mid-December, then the industry shut down for Christmas and everything. And I'd been pinned since then and just recently got told that I was sent for approval, which is another step I didn't know. So it's been a month of not even being able to say, oh yeah, that's, it's gone. You know, I don't need to worry about it because it's, it's like holding your breath. It's literally, yeah, because I keep getting those updates. It's like, hey, you're still in the running for this. And so it hurts just as bad because it's been a month of me waiting and, you know, it still could go, I book or I I won't book it. Mm-hmm. My first TV episode booking was Lovecraft Country. And mm-hmm. for that, it took three months for me to find out that I got it. Ow. Yeah, and it wasn't even a recurring role. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the pieces that they put together, mm-hmm. I feel like it all has to fit. And a lot of it, we don't know why yeah. they're making us wait for so yeah. long. Yep. But a lot of times, like, people are figuring out their thing. Mm-hmm. So during this time of you going through excruciating heart pains, because you don't know how to process things, yeah. what has been helping you? Today worthy. I don't want to be cheesy, but honestly, working on this podcast has been very good at filling time and just the fact that we're doing so much right now in terms of growing Today Worthy as a community has really, really helped. But it's also, you know, given me a chance to really find new routines. Mm. Um, I've been focusing. That's what I tend to do. Like when I was waiting, waiting, quote unquote, for, you know, my first booking, those seven months, it was really time for me to focus on myself as well Mm -hmm. and finding out who I am. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's been some of that just kind of some days I'll be working on today worthy days. Other days I'm like, let's check in with Tyler. How can I improve Tyler right now? But how do you, what do you normally do to pass the time when you're waiting for this stuff? It's actually been liberating again for me to have time to do more stuff with preparing for today worthy, like including this launch. Mm -hmm. And also I released my first song the whole year yeah, in December just because I had more time. I wasn't auditioning as much. It's called Dragonfly <laughs> on Spotify. Yeah, if Apple you could Music. look up Dragonfly and listen to that. It's so good. And that is what is reminding me why it's important for me to continue pursuing a life as a creative entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people who are very successful in the acting industry. Mm. And even for them, in our minds, we're probably thinking, you're so successful, you're set and good to go. (laughs) But I've had so many conversations with them where they're saying nothing is certain. Because after that series is done or that movie is done, even if you get it, you don't know if the movie's going to bust. You don't know if the TV show's going to be received well. Mm -hmm. And if that's your last job. There's so many things that are out of your control. Mm -hmm. And it's not a reflection of your talent. Mm -mm. It's just what's meant to be. And we have to remember that you're still worthy no matter what happens to that show or even if you don't get it or do get it. Mm. So I'm creating opportunities for myself. Mm -hmm. And that includes like writing music and working with my clients with Today Worthy. Love seeing them build up things and 
I just have to remember I'm put on this earth, not just for one thing. I know that there are people who have the perspective where they're thinking I'm called to do this. I'm meant to do this one thing that is great for them, but that is not for me. Mm -hmm. And I think it has a lot to do with me actually being the daughter of someone who's very passionate about dance. Mm -hmm. My mom is still dancing to this day. She didn't visit me on the holidays because she had gigs <laughs> to perform. Yeah. And I was like, but I just bought a house. You don't want to see a house because I'm the first person in my family to own a home in yeah. America. You would think she'd want to come. Yeah. She'd rather work <laughs> and she'd rather dance. And I was going to pay for her flight. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I told her, mom, like, don't you want to see our place? And she's like, I saw it through pictures. I need to do this gig. Sorry. So, <laughs> yeah. So I know her priorities, <laughs> but that's how I know. Like, I know someone personally very much so that loves what they do. They put everything in, in their life towards that dream. Yeah. And that's just not me. And I also want to be that voice to let people know it's okay if that's not you either. Mm -hmm. Because when I was doing music and mainly music was my focus, even yeah. with YouTube, yeah. I would have people tell me, you have to love music so much that you would die if you didn't make it in the music industry. That is such a toxic mindset. It's toxic, but I think they were trying to give me an example of what I was fighting against uh -huh. or who my quote unquote competition was. Yeah. That's their mentality. Yeah. And I'm sure there are people who have that mentality and have succeeded, whatever success means. Yeah. But for me, that did not give me the whole encompassing, peaceful, balanced life that right. I am seeking. Right. And it's just a lot of us trying to figure out what's right for us. Yeah. And that's so interesting because even as an actor, even in college, you know, I would get differing things where people would be like, you need, this needs to be your thing. You cannot do anything else. If you want to act, that's got to be your focus. But then coming out of college and getting into the film industry itself, I had so many other people saying, this can't be the only thing you do. Mm -hmm. And I think personally for me, it was, I needed to find that balance where, you know, you have to love it enough to where it's always going to be something you're pursuing. Yes. Like, roadblocks slow periods periods of not working can't be the reason why you stop like you have to have to have that love for it to where a slow period won't make you drop out of the race again but you also have to be open to you know doing other things in those slow periods like running businesses or learning new skills or you know finding a new field to work in to fill that time so i i, I guess it just makes sense to us. I don't know. Maybe it's that <laughs> six brain that we had. That's true. The Enneagram six brain of yeah. wanting to make sure we're safe. We're okay. Yeah. Yeah. But so much of the artistry life is unsafe. Yeah. There's uncertainties, but there's also peace in knowing that you don't have control over it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you'll be racking your brain thinking I'm not doing enough. Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. It's because I didn't do this. It's because I did this, mm -hmm. but what happens happens. Yeah. That was a big lesson I had to learn like between getting signed and booking for the first time as well. Cause like you think, Oh, I'm signed. I'm, I, I initially went in naive thinking I'm signed. I'm going to be okay now. You know, um, things are just going to happen. But what a lot of people don't tell you is that that first year normally is about your agent pitching you to casting directors. It's right. about getting your, your first face. impression. Yeah. Kinda. Your first impression, getting your face out there. The likelihood of you booking is naturally just low, you know, and I didn't know that. So I was in a terrible place mentally 
because I was just like, I'm not doing enough. I am not working hard enough. It's my fault. But along the line there was when I realized it is out of my control Mm -hmm. and it was very liberating, you know, and I learned to have fun with it again. That was really important because it turned into a job for a second because I was so focused on making it work and not really enjoying those moments in between of just the privilege of having this as a job that I could do. Yeah. I have friends who have been crushing it. Like they had a really great year, like 2020. Mm -hmm. And then 2021 was rough for them. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason why they keep going. Anyone who's just objectively just looking at the numbers would say, oh, your (laughs) career is going downhill, Mm -hmm. but that's life. Mm -hmm. There are ups and downs. Even in your careers, there's going to be ups and downs where you have to wait. Mm-hmm. You have to wait for the right opportunity. And the right op- when I say right opportunity, it's not only like picking and choosing what you think sounds good. But the right opportunity is a one for you. Mm-hmm. So you audition a bunch. You try different things. And the ones that hit work. Yeah. Because I've worked a lot of jobs. Mm-hmm. I've worked a lot, a lot, a lot of jobs out of the acting sphere. Which is why I never thought that I could get back into acting again. Have you considered becoming a Today Worthy member yet? Here at Today Worthy, we offer memberships, programs, as well as one-on-one coaching. When you become a member, you gain access to our private portal and Discord, where we're all in a safe space community with intentional, like-minded people. We hold monthly video meetings, discounts on merch and events, and more. We're here in case you need a healthy reminder that you are indeed Today Worthy. Join on our website now at todayworthy.com. Got goals but feeling too frozen to take that first step towards them? Need a hand staying on track after that initial step? Check out one-on-one coaching through Today Worthy with our founder, Jennifer Chung. Visit stayworthy.com for more info and to apply. People ask us all the time how they can support us. The best way is to follow us on social media. Whether it's Instagram, TikTok, or Twitter, or Facebook, just look for Today Worthy and give us a follow. So give me an example, though, of like a period like a really, really impactful period where you had to hurry up and wait that like stuck with you? Well, you know, for me, I told myself because I had to pay for college on my own, I had to hurry up and graduate college mm-hmm. so that I could pursue music. Mm-hmm. And it it's really hard to graduate in three years. Yeah. I made sure I took classes ahead of time while I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And in college, there were moments when I think I took 24 units while working jobs on campus, giving housing tours. I worked in as a peer academic counselor for the School of the Arts. And then I worked on the weekends doing performances as a YouTuber, yeah. like going to different schools and performing. I It was a whirlwind. Also, yeah. I was on a dance team and I was trying to do theater productions. There was a time in my life where I was doing the absolute most. Yeah. Because I wanted to. Mm -hmm. I wanted to take advantage of every opportunity that I could. So I hurried up. I graduated in three years. And then there was a time where I was working at a restaurant as a hostess. And then I'd clock out, go to work at a boba shop, clock out. And then I'd work seasonally at a Sephora. (laughs) Um, And I would perform here and there. But I could tell that even in that time, my music... um, was kind of dying in a way because I wasn't I didn't have the time to upload as much because I was working so much it's the irony Mm -hmm. you're working a lot because you want to be able to live the life that you want to yeah 
but it takes away time from you being able to create. Mm -hmm. And during this time period too, like early YouTube, music streaming wasn't a thing. No, it wasn't. There was no music streaming. Also, you were like, you were at that point where everyone was trying to be a YouTuber yeah. as well. So, yeah. so I started uploading in 2007 and there was no AdSense, nothing. Mm -hmm. So even when my videos were hitting like millions of views, it didn't matter. Mm -hmm. And then there was the whole music publishing war where people's videos would get taken down where they get mm -hmm. sued oh my God. for doing covers. So uh, it was a weird time. Yeah. And then there was a time when a bunch of people started becoming YouTubers mm -hmm. and then it wasn't fun anymore because it felt like I had to compete against them. Yeah. And there's a part of me I know has to be competitive because I'm a, I keep pushing to go further and further, but I think my competition is really myself yeah. just knowing where I've been. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to having to compare myself with other people, it's excruciating. Mm -hmm. That's why the auditioning process is hard because I don't know what they're looking at and who yeah. they're comparing me with. But yeah. Yeah, with music, uh, it was hard to make money unless you were selling merch or if you were doing shows. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to travel and try doing shows even for cheap because I have to work. And you're taking 24 credit hours. Mm -hmm. Freaking mm -hmm. 18 credit hours was enough to have me on my butt in college. <laughs> I yeah, I wasn't sleeping at all. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of, I hurried up by graduating and then I had to wait. I waited I waited, I waited, I waited. Then I had an opportunity to work under a manager for a bit, record my album. Mm -hmm. And even that process, it was a good learning experience. Mm. Um, I think I really, if I think about my first album, I don't think I really knew what I wanted. I was just really grateful for the opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, but even that... I had a couple of shows that I sold out like in San Francisco and LA, like Cafe du Nord and Hotel Cafe, mm -hmm. which is iconic <laughs> as a singer songwriter, yeah. but I didn't have opportunity to go on tour or anything. It was a lot of waiting. Yeah. And then that took me to LA because I met um, a guy named Matt. Um, if you watch Eater LA, you might've seen his face before, but he owned scoops on the West side. Mm. And I visited his coffee shop slash ice cream shop with my friend Marshall. And I asked him if he would give me a job. Oh, yeah. And if he gave me a job, I could move to L.A. I don't know what I was thinking because it wouldn't have been enough pay anyway. But I scooped ice cream. Mm -hmm. So there's a stint like right when I was recording my album, I was scooping ice cream, yeah. got a tutoring job. And I was working at a salon as a front desk person. Yeah. What was I waiting for at this time? I was waiting for my music to pop off or something. Yeah. But it was so hard. It was so hard. Yeah. Is a, I, especially you got that cost of living in LA. Mm -hmm. You are the only person to be really doing this at this point in your life as well. You know, and you're out there on your own too. Of course, it's going to be hard. Yeah. And then with the waiting, gosh, again, I, I, I there's no control in the music industry as well, right? Yeah, and again, streaming didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And while I was, what was I waiting for? I was probably waiting for my music to pop off, but I was also waiting for opportunities to do more shows. Yeah. But I think the perception of other people could be that I wasn't doing enough in terms of music, but I was doing everything I could. Yeah. And I don't know if there's any listeners out there that feel like, you're not doing enough because you don't have time to focus on those things. It's just not the time right now. Yeah. And if you're doing your best, that's okay. 
and it took me years to figure that out for myself. Yeah. But I eventually uh, burned myself out. I was no longer with the management. I was getting feedback that like my music wasn't uh, sync friendly or whatever, according to the team. Mm -hmm. And so I left. I had an opportunity to go to Korea for music stuff. Yeah. Um, and that's when I actually reunited with my dad. Yeah. And from there, I waited again. Mm -hmm. And like in the midst of this all, I'm not even talking about like this relationship heartbreak that I had. <laughs> <laughs> Jen was just going through it. I was really point. going through it. The 20s are hard, mm -hmm. especially the early 20s. Yeah. And I don't know. I Sometimes you have to let life be lived. Yeah. And it's really painful. Mm-hmm. But it had brought me to Korea, and I remember those moments so vividly. I was working like three jobs while I was in Korea as well. Mm. Ended up like working as a radio DJ, doing tutoring, and also still trying to do music here and there. Mm. And I would be in like the metro trains for like hours. At least like three hours a day was spent on me just commuting. Wow. And I would just sit there by myself and think about life. Uh -huh. And it, it was my waiting period. Yeah. But in that waiting pre period, I'm still actively working. Mm -hmm. And I'm reflecting a lot. Yeah. And it gave me the peace on being by myself mm -hmm. without all the wins. Yeah. And I think when you can center yourself with the foundation of who you are, and what it means to have nothing, anything that is a good thing feels like a tremendous win. Mm -hmm. So I hope that whatever anyone's going through, that they know that celebrating everything is important. And that starts with yourself, even in the quiet moments and nobody sees you. And it has me thinking, like, I feel like a lot of the reason why the waiting period has such a negative connotation is because of you know, how much emphasis is put on the whole hustle culture thing. Because, mm -hmm. like, with my own experience, listening to your experience, the waiting period in our lives really are to prepare us for when we're hurrying up. You know, whether that's for job work or just, like, a big step that you have to take, they're, the, the waiting moments are beautiful because you're either, you know, investing in yourself monetarily or emotionally as a person. It's It's points like because thinking about it now like like when i was waiting for you to work for today worthy like you know i i probably like when we initially first talked i probably would not be as capable to run like to edit a podcast mm. as i am now you know because i mean yeah i was messing around in software but i didn't put out a song that i was okay with until after I started working with you, you know, <laughs> but so, you were working on your craft. at that Yeah. Time. I was working on my craft and I was learning those things so that I could be ready to put out a product that people would enjoy listening to. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that just, I, I, I want people to know that too. Like the waiting moments shouldn't be a negative thing that you see. Like yeah. you have those moments because you might not be ready for something and that's not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's much better to take your time to walk into something as opposed to getting thrown into it and, kind of fighting for your life and in the middle of the ocean because you you couldn't take that time to wait for that waiting period what were your thoughts while you were waiting to hear back from me yeah so initially I was like oh no you know like because <laughs> so 
as everyone already knows, I, I listened to Jen, like as a kid, as a teenager, like that's when I first discovered you. Um, and so it was this weird thing where I was like, oh my gosh, I could work with her. So there was already that pressure there where I was like, this is somebody that I admire. I really want this. Um, so during that period, I was just like, I was doing the thing where I panic and I'm like, I need income. I need a job. I was, you know, trying to do the survival thing, applying for a ton of jobs that I would not have liked at all. Um, just because I was like, oh no, I can't be waiting. I need to be making money right now. I need to be doing something. Um, but every single time I, I went to one of those interviews or I was filling an application, I was just like, I really don't want this. And Jen technically hasn't said that she doesn't want to work with me. So let me low-key subconsciously keep myself open. Um, and funnily enough, like, was it October? You reached out and you were like, hey, let's do this, you know? And I was just like, oh my gosh, thank God, you know? Like, thank God I'm not. Because literally, right when I started working with you, I had just finished up an interview with another coffee shop as well that I thought, you know, I was like, it's not, the, the owners were nice, but I was like, coffee's not something I want to work in, but this is it. So I guess I'll do it. Sure. Yeah. But that was when you were like, let's do it. And there was just a wave of relief because I was just like, I was still at a point where I could tell the guy, you know, I appreciate the offer, but please go with somebody else. Like there's something else that I would like to do. Um, and it, it was just this relief of, I, I did the right thing. You know? Thank you for being patient. Of course. I was low-key stalking you on social media, though. I told you <laughs> that. Like I was. No, I definitely <laughs> noticed you liking my stuff and commenting or uh, watching stories. And those things make, made a difference. Yeah. Because it's a reminder of, yes, they're I still mean, at it. And, I mean, thankfully, like, that's what's cool about social media, too. Because normally, you know, going back to acting, you don't know what the heck is going on in the casting director's mind. But with you initially you were like hey I just injured my back so I can't really focus on this right now and I was like I got you and then I saw that you had like driven over a curb and then <laughs> this had happened Embarrassing. so I was able to justify like waiting because I was like okay she's going through this I'm, I'm not upset <laughs> like I will just give her some more time to figure out you know how this is going to work out um but yeah that was just a he's basically saying Jennifer was a hot mess so I totally got why she wasn't ready to onboard me <laughs> I didn't mean to expose you. I'm sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> it's it's a good thing. And it's actually a good reminder of how, yeah, part of it was also me waiting. Mm -hmm. Like you think you were waiting too, but yeah. I was also waiting yeah. because I wanted Today Worthy to grow. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be able to push it more, mm -hmm. but I just knew I didn't have the mental capacity and I had to wait for my body to heal. Mm -hmm. I had to wait for the right moment for me to be able to present to you. I'm ready mm -hmm. to be present. Yeah. Because I also want you to have a good experience joining into the team. Mm -hmm. So I thank you for your patience. Of course. <laughs> thank you for patience with me as we're navigating <laughs> all of this. But now I have to ask you, like, of course, hindsight's twenty twenty, no regrets. But what is a period in your life where you kind of wish that you had waited a little bit longer before? Ooh, that's something? a very good question. Yeah. I'm going to think about this. Okay. Can you ask a question one more time? Yeah. So what is a period where, like, you kind of jumped into something because you were afraid of waiting like that. You kind of regret, like where, where do you wish you had waited when it comes to love? Uh -huh. When it comes to love, I think about when I was younger mm. and it probably had 
to do with me having dreams of being in a relationship that was what I wished that my mom and my dad had. Mm -hmm. My parents split very early on. And I had grown up seeing a lot of broken relationships. So I had this idea in my mind of what love could look like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had dated growing up, had like middle school, high school boyfriends, had heart heartache and stuff. And I think about what really mattered to me in terms of compatibility when it comes to faith and mm -hmm. faith is like a big part of my life. Mm -hmm. And I had essentially fallen in love with someone who maybe did not have the same foundational faith as I did. And, but I loved everything else about them. Yeah. And, it was a very joyful relationship, but it also brought up a lot of pain because in a way, like trying to think of what the future could look like, I couldn't see how we could meet together when it came to faith. Mm -hmm. And for a long time, it was weighing down on me. And finally, we ended the relationship and I was broken. And a part of it was, it's because you didn't wait for someone who could possibly fill that mm -hmm. faith aspect, if that's so important to you. Mm -hmm. And so in a way it caused me pain, it caused them pain. And for years, a part of me felt like I was waiting again for that person to either take me back mm -hmm. or I was waiting for someone to fill that spot and like rushing into relationships here and there. Mm -hmm but it was that loneliness and uh, solaceness that I found in Korea mm. when I was just by myself. And I remember I didn't know how long I was going to stay in Korea for. I had a visa, so I could stay there indefinitely. Mm. And I remember there was a moment when I was walking around and I just said out loud, my husband's not here. I said it out loud. Yeah. And I was like, that's weird. But I just knew. Yeah. And then soon after, I met John online on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And a big part of it is we connect on faith. And if anything, more often than not, I feel like he has bigger faith than I do mm. when it comes to God and um, Jesus. And he is my answered prayer. Like I've been waiting my whole life for him essentially, but I wasn't waiting well. Yeah. <laughs> But also, I don't think that they're crazy mistakes that weren't meant to happen. Mm -hmm. They were part of the waiting, technically. Yes. But I definitely rushed into a lot of relationships mm -hmm. because I couldn't believe a part of it was I couldn't believe that there was something that was meant for me. Yeah. And I wish that I knew what I know now. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I talk to a lot of women and what they struggle with when it comes to dating and compromises are definitely made. Mm -hmm. But now as a married woman, I'm like, don't compromise. You're not married. <laughs> you don't have to compromise right. things that are really important to you. If you're losing sleep over it, it's not something worth compromising. Yeah. And there are many sleepless nights where I was torn mm -hmm. because of my convictions yeah but yeah i know relationships are hard because you're thinking i'm running out of time mm -hmm. especially women are told like yeah. our biological clocks are ticking things like that and sure it's easy for me to say because i met my husband very young mm 
um, cause I technically met him in my early twenties, mm. but I had gone through it and I knew what I wanted. And I think I knew what I wanted because I knew myself. Mm -hmm. So people really have to spend that time knowing themselves. Yeah. Hence why the waiting is important. Yeah. Live in those quiet moments. It's funny that you say the thing about, you know, you actively saying out loud, my husband's not here because I low key had like, I just call them magical moments. They're like key core memories. You know, that's what they say in Disney. <laughs> when someone like when a worker gives you something special moment? they call you a magical moment well, then yes disney magical moments but <laughs> i had one of those mine was very recent at the beginning of this year no it's 2022 at the beginning of 2021 here we go crazy but so there's a hiking trail here in georgia called cloudland canyon that i go to very frequently I'm very attached to it please take me i will yes we need to go but it was when I was going through it in terms of still having to come to terms with how the acting industry works and waiting for, you know, just work in general. I went one day in the winter and there are two waterfalls there. So I go to the one that you can walk up to and kind of just sit. And I sat and just listened and the word wait popped up into my head. Mm. And it, it was just this very clear, like, wait. And I think that was when I made the conscious decision to kind of acknowledge how important waiting is. Mm. Because that, that day forward, because I, I literally went because I had just gotten rejected from a job that I was really excited about and thought was going to keep me safe. Like, the pay was good and it was flexible enough for me to pursue my career. Okay. So it I was gutted when I found out about it. And I just did that and had that pop into my head and it was beautiful changed me as a person i love that you experienced that when you were alone mm -hmm. a lot of times people feel as though if they're alone it's a bad thing mm -hmm. but it's when you hear yourself clearly mm -hmm. because there are so many voices around us yep and i wonder if during quarantine and the pandemic and stuff, it's been hard for a lot of people because they had to listen to themselves for the first time. Mm -hmm. Listen to their first desires or their thoughts that maybe they've been avoiding for a long time. Yep, 100%. Yeah, so waiting is a gift if you know the power yeah. that you have. Yeah, it's, because oh, that, now that you say that reminds me, because I've lived alone for almost three years now. Mm-hmm. And I think I got a little bit of a head start on that as well. Just mm -hmm. learning to listen to myself. Yes. But the quarantine actively forced me to start waiting. You know, I lived myself and I still, I could think by myself, but I still had the hustle and bustle of going to college, of having friends that I needed to be around, um, relationships that I needed to, you know, preserve. So I was always, I call it shark mode. Mm. where you know how apparently sharks have to keep swimming to keep water filtering their gills for the longest time i felt like i needed to constantly be moving mm. or else i was going to just fall apart um so that period of having to be by myself in the quiet was really transformative because i realized you're not a shark you're a person who has the physical capability to sit and wait so you need to start doing that more often and really think about things mm-hmm who do you think is someone in your life that has taught you, other than yourself, mm. the importance of waiting? My high school, there is another actor who graduated from there. His name is James Allen McCune. 
Um, he was in The Walking Dead and did Shameless for a little bit. But when I was like 15, my freshman year of high school, our drama teacher had him come in to speak to us. And I remember asking him, naive 15-year-old me, like, I want to get an agent. How does the industry work? And the most profound thing he said to me was, you're going to hear so many no's before you finally hear that yes. And that is literally something I've repeated to myself, especially after getting signed. And it kind of helped me make peace with the fact that, you know, those no's are technically the waiting. Um, Yeah, that was definitely it. It was Jamie McCune. For me, who taught me waiting? I think through the patience that my grandmother had. Mm. I think about the many lives that she's lived to help her children and that rippled affected to her grandchildren. Yeah. Just the patience she has. You can't have patience without learning how to have waited. Mm-hmm. And she's someone who's always had such a positive demeanor, a beautiful kindness, and still had the tenacity to do everything she needed to do. Mm-hmm. So she's someone who showed me how powerful wait- waiting and patience can be. Mm-hmm. Wow. Grandmas are magical, dude. <laughs> Grandmas I, truly are. <laughs> I relate to that 100% as well. She definitely was a big, big influence, not necessarily on waiting, but just on remaining peaceful and remaining soft. Mm. Like um, I looked up the definition for waiting mm. and it says waiting is a noun. It's a thing. <gasps> mm-hmm. The action of staying where one is or delaying action until a particular time or until something else happens. That's really that's such a positive one. Yeah, because you're thinking waiting is an action. It is in a yeah. way, but you're also not acting. Yeah. It's a, ta- it's a time for you to wait. Yeah. And a waiting is a powerful thing you could be doing. Interesting. No, because my, my definition probably would have been like sitting in stillness. Sure. Not doing anything in sure. action. But sure. that's, that's such a positive spin on it. I really like that. So I would ask the listeners to think about this it's right now in your life what are you waiting for what are you actively waiting for what have you been avoiding on waiting for that's a good one and i hope that you share with us send us some messages i think on anchor you can leave messages so yeah on spotify and apple music there should be a button Okay, cool. Where they can send us voice messages. So you should do that. Yeah, please send us messages on what you're waiting for, what you're trying to wait for, what you've been waiting for, or maybe what you've been avoiding to wait for. And let's try to make waiting a beautiful thing. Because it is. It is. It's a very beautiful thing. And I think we've been taught very early on in life that waiting means something isn't happening. Although our parents have been trying to teach us to wait and be patient. Yeah. But in a way, it felt like punishment, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But now it's actually something that's progressive. It's actually getting us to the next step. Thank you for listening. Bye.